You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast with Beth Bubick, episode number six. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hello, everyone. This is the last podcast of 2022. So I thought I would end the year with the most powerful words of spiritual fasting wisdom that I could find. So I asked my favorite nun, Sister Josephine Garrett, to join me in a beautiful conversation about how important spiritual fasting is, not only to achieve permanent weight loss and optimal health, which is widely important to live a full life on the planet, but how the experience is crucial to growing deeper in relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his beautiful Holy Mother, Mary. So if you know me, I love religious sisters, so I have been known when I travel to stop them in airports, give them hugs, tell them how much I love them, and appreciate their vocation. And if I sit next to one on the airplane, that poor nun, I will just talk her ear off the entire way. I I just get so excited. I give generously to the Sisters of Life out of New York, and I just love all the religious, um, especially the fun ones. So Sister Josephine is fun, so you're going to enjoy this conversation. I met her through our Sunday Visitor $100,000 Challenge that I entered at the beginning of the year, where over 1,000 Catholic businesses enter into a robust and intense competition to compete to be like one of the three companies chosen to win a $100,000 grant in October of this year. So my spiritual fasting coaching business made it to the second to the last stage, where the final 11 companies competed for the prize. Well, guess what? I did not progress to the final round, but I received something even better, a friendship with Sister Josephine Garrett. I did not know who she was before meeting her, and she was assigned to our OSV prayer group as our spiritual director. She headed up this group of beautiful Catholic businesswomen for the last 10 weeks of the competition, and it ended up to be just an amazing experience. After that mission was completed, Sister actually joined me in my Delay and Pray group coaching program, where it has been a privilege to coach her weekly ever since. She brings so much joy to the group just by wearing her beautiful habit and sharing her laughter and smile and of course, her deep faith. She's with me today to share her experience and the results from her participation in the group this fall. And she'll be continuing with me in the next group beginning in January. So I am so honored and blessed to introduce to you Sister Josephine Garrett. Hello, Sister. How are you? Hi, Beth. I'm good. And I'm grateful to be doing this with you today. I'm very grateful. Yeah. Oh, I just love having you. So would you mind giving us a uh, introduction and let our audience learn a little bit about you before we get you know, started into all things spiritual fasting? Sure. I will do the, the quick elevator version. Uh, <laughs> I am a native Texan. I'm a convert. So I grew up Baptist. And after college, shortly after college, I became Catholic. I graduated from the University of Dallas, where I attended. It's a Catholic university, and I was there as a Baptist girl, uh, but it obviously made an impression on me. Um, I worked in banking for like a decade, so spent time as an operations manager and a project manager um, as a vice president at at the bank, and then 
entered religious life and um, uh, after initial formation with the sisters, uh, went back to school to become a counselor. So now I'm a therapist and mental health professional. Um, I serve as a licensed therapist here in Tyler, Texas, and I work part-time in our grade school for the cathedral and then part-time in a private practice. So that's kind of the, the short version. Oh, and I love it because I can't wait for you to tell the audience just how being a counselor, how the coaching has affected your life and pairing the two together, the differences, just being in, in the group coaching program and how that has all worked for you. So um, what do you think the most important thing you've learned about spiritual fasting? Like what, what were your goals and what did you, what results did you get? I mean, the goal was is always like lose weight. <laughs> I've always yeah. since I mean since I was a little girl, right? And my body changed, like all little girls' bodies changed from that point on. Like weight was a concern for me, um, and being able to um, be like interact in a healthy way with food since I was a little girl was a concern for me. Um, and I understand that more deeply, you know, now I've had a lot of therapy, I'm a therapist who believes in going to therapy. <laughs> so I have my own therapist. And so I've learned a lot about like the roots of that and things have definitely changed over time. But my goal was lose weight. <laughs> it's really yeah. like, a goal when I um, engage anything that's connected to like food and weight. Um, and so when I met you, I was like, gosh, that sounds really beautiful. And more and more, I want to integrate my faith into what goes on with me and dealing with food and dealing with my weight. And so for that reason, it was just attractive to me when I got to meet you through OSV. Um, the results that I got was we were 12 weeks together, um, you know, mm -hmm. meeting weekly in your initial 12-week program that you have. And I had some weight loss. It wasn't this, you know, astronomical, you know, PBS commercial kind of weight loss. Yeah. Um, but I, the richness of seeing how involved God is with what's going on um, with me and food and also just like the richness of, um, walking in the world in the spirit of fasting, um, was very fruitful for me. And I'm still seeing that fruit. And I can tell you also, like up until now, you know, I did the first 12 weeks and I took a break and I'm joining you again in January, um, to do like your ongoing thing. But up in even now, still, since it was the end of those 12 weeks, the way I interact with food is completely, it's different. It has changed. And so um, there was so much fruit. You know, it wasn't this gargantuan yeah. weight loss, but there was all these other, other fruits. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it just takes time. Sometimes it's just the first awareness of using the tools in the program, for instance, the thought model and understanding that our thoughts create our feelings and those feelings create our actions and our thoughts actually create our results. Was that a new revelation for you that your thoughts really have a large role to play in your relationship with food? So as a counselor, like I came in and I saw the thought model and I was like, well, that's CBT, right? And Perfect. So yeah, it is. In college. And I can tell you, I, I'm a little snooty towards CBT. So when I came in and saw it was thought work, I had these internal like snooty feelings and snooty thoughts. 
And I like I know that. Like you mean I already know that? Or like, so this is like some insider trading for mental health professionals. <laughs> like it's okay. Like CBT, let's hear it. The CBT, I think, for some mental health professionals, can be seen as like not being connected to depth work. So like deep work. And so I think that's a prejudice actually. And I carried it. And so I, you know, saw right away, this is a CBT framework, which means cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, But I think because I had that prejudice, I had never really spent a lot of time on CBT type work, either for myself or even for my clients. And so to really each day sit down with your your journal that you've put together and think, what was I thinking all day to take one of the experiences through the model, but really the most powerful um, part for me of the journal, really almost each day, the most powerful part was like God's interpretation of all of this. And so I really gained a whole new respect for CBT. (laughs) <laughs> for thought work. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and for those of you who don't know, um, when I attended the life coach school, as well as the Catholic, the Metanoia Catholic Catholic school to, to be certified as a coach, they both say that it, this model is based on CBT, cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapy, and mm-hmm. how we go into our thoughts to figure out some, sometimes they're unconscious, Sometimes we're, we know what we're thinking, but how they actually drive our feelings and then they, those feelings drive our actions. A lot of times the diet mentality is all in the action line. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What aren't we going to do? What are we going to eat? Yeah. What aren't we going to eat? Yeah. But instead, that's good. I mean, we, we do need a food protocol. This is why we delay sugar, flour, and alcohol, because we know that that sugar, that flour, that alcohol does drive over desire biologically and neurologically, which which drives um, over hunger, which drives overeating. And so we, we know that, but how do we stop it with our thoughts? And that's mm. that, how do we delay it? Actually, it's, it's in, it's actually in thinking what I discovered is it's actually in thinking about delay and pray because spiritual fasting to me was a little extreme. Like it was either like, okay, bread and water going all day without food. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't really sure how to do it. And then I, I really couldn't do it because I was sugar burning all the time. I was eating all the time. <laughs> so when it came to even delaying something, that was really difficult for me. So how, tell us a little bit about your experience with delaying and actually getting into the fasting. Because I know now you're getting more into the um, intermittent fasting. You're doing pretty well with delay and mm-hmm. pray. You've learned a lot on both of those fronts. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for it. Like once, cause I struggled, like I probably struggled for like seven of the 12 weeks <laughs> to get any kind of headway. And then around then, cause in your program each week you layer in another, like another aspect of the spiritual fasting. So in week one, we're, avoiding sugar, flour, and alcohol. And then week two, as you progress through the weeks, we're kind of changing how often we eat. Um, Things are progressing. And so at a certain point in there, you introduced um, lengthening the fast, like the hours of the fast. And I think it was then that I was like, let let me bring, let me layer that in. Um, And I wasn't always keeping up. Like if 
I looked and there was a thing I should try to accomplish this week and I didn't feel ready. I, I didn't. Um, yeah. But I remember yeah. looking at it that week and being like, I, I feel called and ready to try that. And once I lengthened that fast and had like an eating window, 12 to 8, it really was like skies parted. <laughs> skies yes. parted. And um and the mornings became the richest time of prayer for me because they were when I started to feel the fast. Um, and so I would find myself spending more time in the chapel in the morning. Like I typically am a nighttime prayer. Um, but that really changed when I started to lengthen that fasting window. And in the mornings, it was a time of fast that became a time of richer prayer, quieter so, prayer. So that... When you said, when you, when you, when you're saying that, um, you could feel the fast, you were slightly hungry. I could, yeah, I could feel it. And it's not just was a physical hunger. There was some hunger, but there was also like, um, it wasn't just physical hunger. There was also a struggle in my thoughts and feelings to be different, to spend the morning differently. And so there was this little tension, like I should be, getting breakfast and this, but I have this desire to not and to keep this fast and um, to go pray. And so it, it was more of a mystery than just physical hunger. There was physical hunger, slight, like, right? Like I wasn't in pain or anything like that. There was slight hunger, but as well as like other kinds of tension, like spiritual and mental tension that really increased my desire for the chapel. Um, oh, I love so, that. I love that. Yeah, just a really wonderful experience. It's hard to put it into words and it feels like metaphors and stories might be the only way because it was an experience that was hard to give words to. Mm -hmm. Well, Father Ripperger, he always says that mortification leads to delight, but mm -hmm. you do have to go through the mortification. Like you, you, you have to be a little hungry. You, you have to feel yeah. it. You can't just think mm -hmm. about it. You really have to think about it. I mean, you really have to do it and then pray, pray through it. Mm -hmm. And then the mm -hmm. other side, we get a little bit of a delight with almost like this, the, the real true desires of our heart, which really yeah. is God. Is God. That's a great way to describe it because I was in an experience of delight. It was not one of deprivation. It was not one of self-pity. There was, those mornings were delightful. At the end of the day, they were delightful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the group experience. How did you like, you know, coming to the meetings um, and the sessions basically. And there were just typically, I don't know, anywhere from five, could be like two to eight people, just depending on the, the day. Um, how, how did that work for you? And, and just hearing other people's, hearing other women's stories and their struggles and getting coached in front of the group. So I had been in programs before that brought people together to like share stories to help strengthen like the work um, that I was trying to do to bring more order to how I interacted with food. And so it, immediately the group brought back like gratefulness for hearing other people's stories on this topic. It's always been helpful to me. So probably I actually would say it's equal. Like the groups where I was the one sharing were just as helpful as the groups where I was the one listening to other people share. 
Um, like they were really equally helpful to me. And so it wasn't like I lost anything if it was the day where I was being coached or, and it wasn't like, um, I lost anything if it was the day that I wasn't personally being coached. It was like, I was always being coached just by being there, whether I was the one sharing or not. Um, and that was, so they were really, I never left one of those coaching meetings feeling like I had not gained greater insight and made more headway in this, in this journey. Uh, they were very, very helpful. Um, and I still walk around, you know, thinking to myself, some of the reframed thoughts that we would come up there. You know, I walk around thinking slow is the only way, you know, mm-hmm. when I get frustrated, especially when I see other people doing these things that it's like, I lost 40 pounds in six weeks. And I'm like, let me just go do that. So I don't have to struggle. You know, I know yeah. not only is that like, thought not helpful, but really what I realized paying such close attention to my thoughts is um, our thoughts can really become like a playground for, for the enemy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me to think like, I just want to go do that. So I don't have to struggle. Well, if I really think about that closely, how delightful is that kind of thought to the enemy? Like a follower of Christ saying, I don't, so I don't have to struggle. Um, and so I still walk around, like I'll think to myself, slow is the only way, you know, and I'll, yeah, I'll slow is the only myself. way. Yeah. So I still hold some of those like treasures from the coaching meetings. They were really wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, I really think that we do need to consider that a lot of times we're just going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And some of those thoughts, like I, I'll always put this forth as a coach that I had to really learn. And one of those thoughts is like, it's not better there than here. Mm. It's a journey. It's a journey. We're all on this journey. We're all on the pilgrimage and Mm. and we really can hold the joy and the sorrow at the same time. I think you taught me that. And it might've been at OSV when you were teaching at one time. Um, But you can hold both of them at once and be like, okay, I am struggling and I'm trying to feel my feelings. This is anxiety. This is sadness. I don't have to eat it. I don't have to drink it. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. behind it? What's happening with me? And I can journal about it. I can renounce any vices that I'm like, you know, uh, participating in, in, participating in. And then I can announce a virtue instead. Lord, help me have this virtue. And then I can actually take it to the Lord for his interpretation. And that's what Mm -hmm. you're talking about, the second page of the journal. But what's just beautiful about having good thoughts, like it's not better there than here. It's, it's, it's the journey. It's, it is, Mm -hmm. the joy really is in the struggle. And that's a hard thing to learn because you don't want it. Like, no, I, I I just want to get there. I just want to get there. Yeah. And then, um, to like tap into your thought model, I think, at least for me, it helped me to tap into like all the shame I had associated with being yes. on the journey. So like, where would I have gotten the idea that if I'm not already there, I ought to be ashamed? 
what yeah. an awful way of thinking, you know? Yeah. But to, and I realized like how often I was thinking that because I'm visibly a work in progress. Like this character mm-hmm. defect I have with this eating, I, it shows up in my body. And That's not right. everybody has character defects like that that show up. And so this experience of shame can come with that. And to realize that like I'm crippling myself on the journey to be ashamed to be on the journey. Um, and so I feel like your journal, Beth, I mean, this is an idea maybe for another day, but you, I think you've got to write a book and you've got to put those journal pages, like make them more widely accessible because that daily process, what was I thinking? What was I doing? How did I show up in the world? Mm. What do I need to repent and renounce? What virtues do I need to pray for? Who am I fasting for? What intention was I really doing all this for? And what is God's interpretation? What scriptures on my mind? Um, those types of habits could transform the world more people. Absolutely. Well, I am writing a book. I'm seven out of 12 chapters done. So it should be coming nice. out in 2023. <laughs> and um, that journal, I mean, I actually comprise the substance of it, but my daughter actually created the beautiful part of it. So she nice. actually was the the design. Um, my other daughter did like my podcast art. So this is a family affair, but I, I am going to get this out there, but that, that is just so beautiful. And it, it is just journeying together and we can embrace our weight struggles right now because those weight mm-hmm. struggles, those weaknesses, those are what are bringing all of us to spiritual fasting. Because otherwise we might not dip our toes into spiritual fasting, which is going to change the world. It's changing the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm excited. I put it, I told, I put it in the budget. I was like, I'm in it for the year. Yay. <laughs> so I put Can't, it in the budget, yes. 2023 <laughs> is going to be amazing. And um, I want to tell you one thing I have learned is that in what you alluded to in the journal is that like my 2023 goals, I have one goal and it is to um, not consume sugar, flour or alcohol after dinner okay. ever in 2023. I'm going to delay it. Okay. And what's so fun, what I've learned is, and I am going to fail 70 times seven times to get there by this time next year. Mm. I am learning that the only way to figure this out is to fail it. Fail forward is what I call it and learn while winning and just keep going, keep going until I get it, journal it, make it the great experience, write down my data, figure it out, go to the sacraments, keep going to adoration, add extra grace, ask the Lord what do you want me to do here? How do I do this? Help me, Lord. And just keep going instead of, I cannot wait till I get there. I can't wait till this is over. No, it's it's the it's the mm. pilgrimage. It's the journey. And then we turn around and we teach others. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the mission. And is, look up. Yes. And we yes. look up and we've been the recipient of something that wasn't our own manufacturing which is how God, right? Like when I'm just like grudging along so I can get to my end, like then I'm kind of making, I'm the creator. (laughs) But when I just like enter in in a spirit of prayer, sacrifice, receptivity, 
then I look up one day and I can look back and see what God has given me along the way that wasn't of my own manufacturing. That is right. It is all up to God. And he, he's asking for our prayers. He's asking for us to fast. Uh, the Mm -hmm. blessed mother is definitely asking us to fast. And, um, one of the things that I, I gleaned from books and, and just coaching and things were setting Sunday and the holy days apart. And I just like to end with how impactful that has been for me as a lifelong Catholic. Um, I've, I've always gone to daily mass. I'm not daily mass. I'm sorry, Sunday mass. And then Mm -hmm. later in life, I added on some daily masses and adoration and monthly confession. But this program has made me really look at holy days of obligation, feast days, solemnities, and the Sunday as very deep days of celebration, but importance. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm reading, of course, my Advent book is Advent of the Heart by Alfred Delp, uh, Father Alfred Delp. And he Mm -hmm. says in there that holy days can be basically recognized and celebrated in three ways. First of all, they're verifiable historical Mm -hmm. facts. They're great mysteries Mm -hmm. and they're important. And he goes into, it's like one of the last chapters, right? It's called pre-Christmas reflection in there. But he goes in to say how amazing it is. And I think as Catholics, sometimes we're just like so busy and we just are like, yes, Sunday's here, time to go to mass and we'll go to breakfast after. And okay, I can, I can kind of eat what I want to on that day to celebrate. I don't have to delay sugar, flour, alcohol, but the gravity and the importance and the loveliness and the beauty and the verifiable historical facts of that day, I've, I've become to, I've come to really consider now. It's like, it's like spiritual fasting has this depth that I don't think there's a bottom. It's a mystery. It's, mm. it's amazing. And I, I thought um, if you could just speak for a few minutes to that eat, fast, feast cycle and the importance of solemnities and Sundays. So I have to begin honestly with the holy days. Um, I was afraid. I had this initial fear as I approached them because I... I was scared, like, can I break this fast, right, (laughs) for this to rejoice fully, like, and rejoice in a fully human way in this, um, in this holy day, in this solemnity, um, and will I be able to return tomorrow to my fast? And so that flow of eat, um, like, feed, fast, um, feast. Eat fast feast. Eat fast feast. Um, it really exposed to me, like, again, how self-sufficient I've been in um, this part of my life, right? Yeah. Um, instead of, like, entering into this, like, natural flow that God has given us in the liturgical calendar, in the gift of time, in the gift of the seasons, Um like, instead of, like, surrendering to that, like, it was like I was clenching my fist, like, thinking it was yeah. in my own power. So, actually, to enter into those solemnities and holy days and um, the Sabbath was a challenge for me, and it brought up fear. And I can even remember in the morning, like, walking into the kitchen um, And, you know, after mass, all the sisters were getting breakfast and like being a little afraid. Like if I, if I have breakfast right now with the sisters and, um, 
let the gift of food help me celebrate the gift of the Sabbath, this holy day, what will it mean for tomorrow? Um, Like those were some of my thoughts. And so it just made me aware like of how fearful, like how much fear I bring into the struggles I've had with food and weight. It made me aware of that. It also made me aware of the limits I've placed on God (laughs) Um, and uh, the self-sufficiency. And Mm. so over time, I think what changed is, and also like the fear that I won't have the graces to moderate, right? Like after eating and fasting throughout the week, when these holy days come, will I have the graces um, to treat this as gift and not overuse. So I had so many fears. But what I noticed over those 12 weeks is God gave me the graces to bring order to the feast Mm. Um, and to like put him in more and more in the center of the feast. And so it was a gift for me to become aware of all of that, right? And so the holy day, it gave me a different perspective. <laughs> it just gave me a different perspective. Yeah. I love the self-sufficiency piece. A lot of times um, I will call that like self-reliance. Yeah. And um, yeah. when, after several years, as I've gone to bread and water now, like on Wednesdays and Fridays, not all of them, but mm-hmm. when I can make it work, I try to do it. I had to sanctify bread again, even like I was scared of bread. Yes. It it was just this diet mentality of like, I'm not allowed and oh no, this is going to ruin everything. And I had to like seriously depend on God to get me through. And do you know, he got me through beautifully and I am no hungrier on Thursday or Saturday than I was before. I can, I can do it. I'm easing into it. I don't do it every week, but I, one day, one day I will. And I'm slow. Talk about slow. I'm slowly moving into that, to that place. But you know, the Lord, when he asks us to do something and we actually do it, he picks up the slack. He gives mm. us the grace. He comes in and he helps us make it happen. We may fail a few times. It's all right. Yes. But, but we'll just get right back up and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to try this again. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Um, but yeah, so did you have breakfast with the sisters? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I do on Sundays and over time, like it's all become like there's, and like you said, I I still fail. Um, but I'm also like less terrified about the failure because I know I have this tool I can go to, to look at the failure with God. Like I have these Mm. tools I can go back to, to learn from what went on in that failure and like, go ahead right with and go ahead and keep striving and so um yeah I had breakfast I had breakfast with the sisters on Sunday and and over time I've noticed and it's slow it's really slight changes that if I wasn't praying and reflecting on this I don't know that I'd even notice um but like oh slowly more and more order has come to those holy days and um so yeah that oh I love it an interesting little flip, right? That I was like afraid of bread or afraid of this holy day. Like, what will this mean for me? It was, it was good to see that. Yeah. In the, in the diet culture, they, they call what we're doing food freedom. And the answer is actually in the church. All the answers are always in the church, but Hmm. the answer to losing weight and is in spiritual fasting because it becomes a side benefit over time. 
and yes. the depth of getting close to God becomes the actual benefit. The but primary. the Lord uses the material world to draw us in, as he always does, right? Yes, um, yes. So we come in for the weight, and then we're, we get results, and then we know that it's just the love of him and this trajectory of trying to be a saint, which is a slow move in itself. And mm. I love it. And I just thank you, sister, for what you bring to the group and just what you bring to the whole program. And I just appreciate you taking a chance on me and coming in mm. and sharing your story with us. And by the way, everyone, you can find sister on YouTube, um, sister Josephine Garrett. She's very inspirational. And, um, one of the things she said one time that actually had me start this podcast that I heard her say is she started a talk one time and she said, Oh, I'm looking out and I see all the theologians. And she said, excuse me, please forgive me. If I, if I say something that's not exactly canonically correct, I'm paraphrasing you sister. I don't know exactly what you said. I think you may even said heresy. Um, and then I was like, that's why I never spoke out like publicly. Sometimes I'm like, well, what if I get the Catholic thing wrong? Like, what if I'm not exact to the catechism of the Catholic church? And then I realized, well, I love the catechism, but I am not the theologian either. And I don't know every single thing, but I think God has given me this gift of delay and pray that I can give to the world. So I try hard too, but thank you for being that inspiration, getting up in front of, I don't know, there looked like there were a thousand people there when it pans out, um, that we get up and we try so hard to help and be at the service of other people. And hopefully we get it right. Yeah. And if we fail, we figure it out and go forward. Yeah, Figure it out. So <laughs> yeah. I will see you in 2023 you're with me for the whole year and i i cannot wait and um can't wait to see what what the spiritual fruit this next round brings to you and everyone attending in the group as well so have a merry christmas and a blessed new year sister and we'll see you in 2023 same to you god bless god bless you Beth. thank you Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. And you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well, private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.